Mama. This is Carianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing, so we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. Welcome to the Sleep Talking Moms podcast. My name is Carianna, and today's episode is going to be just slightly different. Kayla won't be joining us, but I'm going to be answering some questions from you guys as the listeners. So I'm really excited to tackle some of these burning questions that you have. Hi, Carianna. My name is Katie, and I have a seven-month-old. He can put himself to sleep independently. We used Cry It Out for sleep training, and but he still wakes up once in the middle of the night, sometimes twice to eat. Um, He's big enough that he should be able to sleep through the night, um, but I'm not sure what to do to encourage him to do that. We dream feed him once, but often he wakes up around then now that he's used to eating then. So he'll wake up once before we go to bed and then usually one more time in the night. Um, Anyway, so any advice on how to help him with that would be great. Thanks so much. All right, Katie, I'm so excited to be answering this question. So first, what I would say, always when you're thinking about dropping night feeds, just talk to your pediatrician, make sure they're on board, make sure there are no weight gain concerns. You're right that at seven months, I would guess he can go all night without a feed, but we do want to just kind of get that blessing from your pediatrician. Um, But once you've gotten that, I would recommend since it's one feeding that's more of a dream feed before you go to bed yourself, that is where I would start. I would cut that one out first. And if he's getting like a significant amount, like if it's, you know, five plus ounces at that feeding, first I would drop it down slowly. So um, maybe drop it down by an ounce or two every couple of nights so that he's getting less. And we're encouraging him to make up those ounces then during the day if he needs those ounces. So I would slowly cut back on how much you're offering for that first feed. And then on the night that you decide you're going to cut it out, um, I would either, you know, have a sleep coaching method that you're going to respond with. So maybe you're checking in on him, maybe you're soothing him, maybe you're using cry it out again. I know that you did that before, felt comfortable with that. So that is a valid option as well if you want to use it. Um, But basically we're going to just stop responding with the feed. We may respond in different ways, but we're not going to offer that feed and push him until that time of his typical second feeding if he has one. So I would do that step first. Once you're there, then I would do the same thing with that second feed. I would decrease it if he's getting a significant amount. And then once you decide you're going to take it away altogether, respond differently. Maybe you're checking on him. Maybe you're offering soothing. Maybe you're staying out of the room completely. Um, But that's how I would do it. I would tackle the dream feed first, and then I would tackle the second one. All right. Good luck, Katie. Hey there. Um, So my sleep question has to do with dropping the swaddle. Um, My little one loves to be swaddled and we tried a few times to drop it and it's just an absolute disaster. So my question is when you go to drop the swaddle, is it best to start at bedtime or nap time? And, um, 
we've tried doing the one arm out and I mean, nothing works. Literally nothing works. We've tried. I feel like I've tried everything. Um, so I'm thinking about just going cold Turkey and embracing the chaos. Is there an amount of crying that is, would be considered normal with this change? Um, and about how long, uh, will it take for her to adjust? She is almost four months old. All right. Thank you for your question, Gabrielle. Okay. So first off, first question you asked, um, was about better to drop it at naps or at bedtime. I always recommend when we're, anytime we're making big changes, whether it's a swaddle or transitioning to a different room or from bassinet to crib or sleep training, um, that we start at bedtime because at night we have that surge of melatonin that's helping us sleep. We don't have that during the day. So it's normal for naps to just naturally be a little harder. Um, now I know that at the same time, like knowing that science, um, it's also can be a little more painful if we drop it at night because night is when we want to get our uninterrupted sleep, right? And so if you are being interrupted, it's annoying, but your child will pick it up smoother if you drop it at night. So I would do night first. Um, and given that she is almost four months, we really do want to get her out of the swaddle, you know, as quick as possible. We don't want there to be any potential for her to accidentally roll in that swaddle and get stuck with her arms, um, you know, tight in at her side. So, um, I would do it at night and then I would honestly, maybe the next day also remove it from nap one. If you want to remove it from all naps the next day, you can, um, that might be what I recommend just based on her age since she is older. But if you want to take it a little slower and do nap one for a couple days and then remove it from nap one and nap two for a couple days and so on, you can stretch it out a little bit longer, but I liked your idea to just kind of embrace the calm, the chaos and to do both arms out. I think at that age, that is very, very reasonable to do. If she was a lot younger, we may want to use more of a transitional product or do one arm at a time. But at this age, I agree. I would just let both arms be free and just know that it's going to take her some time to adjust. That's really normal. That's all she's known for almost four months. Um, so really just be patient and know that sleep may be a disaster for a week or two that's okay. Cause we need to get her out of that swaddle and we need to get to the other side of this process. So push through, even though it may be rough. Um, when you asked about how much crying, I would say it really depends on what you feel comfortable with. And what I maybe don't know about your situation exactly is if she's already an independent sleeper, or if you help her to sleep, um, you know, that's going to play into this too. Obviously, if you help her to sleep, we're not going to expect her to put herself back to sleep multiple times at night if she's not already doing that. But if she does have those skills, then we are going to expect a little more from her. So if she's an independent sleeper, I would have um, kind of a plan in place of how often are we going to go in and check on there? How long are we going to spend in the room offering soothing, whether she accepts it or not, but offering that soothing, how long are we going to spend doing that? Um, and basically just have it real clear. So you, and if your partner is doing it with you, you're on the same page and you're not trying to make decisions in the middle of the night. Cause that's a lot of times where we go wrong. We think, oh, this will be smooth or we don't talk about it beforehand. And then it gets rough in the middle of the night and we're not ready for it. And we don't have a plan and we end up like, 
like kind of stalling out and, and getting stuck. So definitely make a plan of action for what you guys feel comfortable with and what you are going to want to move forward with there. And I think that was all, I think that was all you asked. So good luck. Yes. Just know I, I would settle in for one to two weeks. Um, you shouldn't be up, you know, all night for one to two weeks, but it may take two weeks for sleep to really settle back in to where it was before you dropped the swaddle. Okay. Hang in there. Hi, Kariana. Um, after doing sleep course, we seem to be making progress with night wakings. Um, but he still wakes around, sometimes he wakes around 4.30 um, for a feed, which is great. Sometimes he goes back down after that for another two hours. Um, sometimes he then wakes up for the day. Um, so how to address early morning wakings? and um, when the rest of the night has been great. Thank you. Okay, awesome. I'm so glad to answer this question too. This is one of my sleep coaching crash course students. So she's been following along with my course and the day-by-day plan. And it sounds like night wakings are improving. We're just kind of hung up on those early morning wakings. First, I just want to encourage you. That's really normal. Um, I feel like it typically early wakings are kind of the last piece to fall into place. So that's not unusual. Um, what I don't know with this Karina is how old your little one is. Um, I know you mentioned like waking around four 30 and having a night feed. Sometimes then he'll go back down. Sometimes he won't that night feeding. I mean, if that is, um, age appropriate and, and everything then I would still keep doing that. And then I would be putting him back in his sleep space. And since I know that you are working on independent sleep, that he's falling asleep on his own already, um, then I would be kind of giving him that space using the sleep coaching method that you have picked. I know my course walks you through several options. So using the, the, method that you have picked and applying that for that early waking until either he falls back asleep or until it's our designated morning wake up time. So, and I would just continue to do that morning after morning, making sure your environment is ideal. Um, you know, making sure that that's all in place, that nothing is waking him up at that time, but those times that he has a feed and can't fall back asleep, we want to be giving him the practice to do that, keeping him in his dark sleep space. So his brain doesn't think, Oh, it's light. It's time to be awake. And it will just take some time of consistently doing that over and over for his body to really get into that rhythm of sleeping in later. So stay strong with what you've been doing and try those things out if you haven't already been trying them. All right. And that leads me into a perfect segue, you guys. Um, I have, that's the last question I'm going to answer, but I did want to let you know just over the weekend, my early waking mini course. Um, went live. And so if that's something you're struggling with, if you're struggling with early wakings, this is a great, affordable, very affordable mini course option to walk you through the culprits behind early wakings and give you some tools so you know how to address the early wakings, what you can do to combat them. Um, And this course is ideal if your little one 
falls asleep on their own already. If they don't fall asleep on their own already, then you would be better suited to like my newborn sleep course or my sleep coaching crash course that is for four to 24 months or my toddler and preschooler sleep course. Those are more for building that independent sleep piece if you don't already have it. Um, But if you have an independent sleeper and you're just struggling with early wakings, definitely check out that early waking mini course. I will put the link in the show notes below. All right. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm really excited that we got to do some Q and A's and I'll actually drop a link in the show notes. So if you want to leave a Q and A for me, if you want to leave a verbal um, question, I can answer it on a future episode for you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Sleep Talking Moms podcast. We hope you are walking away from this episode feeling empowered and encouraged to tackle your sleep issues. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a second to grab a screenshot, share it in your Instagram stories, and tag us at all the sleeps. See you next time.